Look at the next statement. Who will go for us if he didn't need someone to go? Isaiah chapter 6. Whenever he says, when I saw King Uzziah die, then he says, I saw the Lord in the year that King Uzziah died. And then he says that I saw his train that filled the temple. And then he talks about, yeah, holy, 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 how righteous God is. And when he saw how righteous God was, he saw how sinful he was. Then he says they flew a hot coal from off the altar, touched his tongue, and he says, I am a man of unclean lips. And then God says, who will go for us? Evidently, God needed something. He needed somebody. And Isaiah says, Lord, hear my sin, me. So we know and believe, and I do, God not only loves us, he wants us, he needs us, and you're valuable to the Lord. See yourself the way God sees you. And if you do, you shouldn't have a bad image of yourself. You shouldn't be always putting yourself down. Why? You're a child of the king. If you're a child of the king, you ought to act like a child of the king. You're somebody. You're in the royal family. You're in God's family. You are his child. Now act like it. And don't let the devil get the best of you. Look at the next statement. The word man. We know what God wants, but what about a man? God needed a man to need him. God has created in every one of us the desire to want to know God. And you may not find the answers you're looking for. And so therefore people make up a God. They devise their own gods. We get on all those people that make up all these thousands of gods that God. And, well, let's Christians do the same thing. You can trust Christ as your Savior and never recognize, hey, the Lord is supposed to be my God. I mean, he, he's supposed to be the Lord of my life. That is true. Not to be saved, but he still is the Lord. And therefore, I, I have a God. So I'm not supposed to let fame be my God, and money be my God, and popularity be my God, and people to be my God, and things to be my God. God's supposed to be my God. So God designed a man with that little emptiness inside of him. We often talk about that needs to be filled with the presence of the Lord where you you can sense the presence of God in your life all the time. So every man is created with an insatiable desire to know God. Even though you know Christ is your Savior, don't you want to know Him better? Don't you want to know more about Him? So God revealed all this in His Word. Can you say, I really want to know the Lord. I really want to walk with God. I want a closer fellowship with God. But you never read His Word. Somebody like think, I don't believe you. I want God's will for my life, but you never go to church, never support God's work. You don't do this, you don't do that. Somebody's just liable to think, you know, uh, you're all talk. You're a hypocrite. Now, you can be saved, have eternal life, and you're going to heaven when you die, but you may not give any evidence that you love the Lord. If you love the Lord, then serve the Lord. Turning to Bible, 2 Timothy chapter 2. 2 Timothy chapter 2. 2 Timothy chapter 2. Do others see when you show a lack of respect? Look what he says right here in verse 1. Thou therefore, my son, be strong in the grace that is in Christ Jesus. And the things that thou hast heard of me among many witnesses, the same 
commit thou to faithful men who shall be able to teach others also. Did you know that you're supposed to teach others? By your life, what are you teaching? Do we teach only when we're teaching the Bible? Do I teach when I'm not in the pulpit? Do I teach when I'm at home with just my wife? Am I teaching when I'm in a board meeting? Am I teaching when I'm anywhere doing anything? College class? Am I teaching? We're teaching all the time. What if somebody was to listen, watch, learn from our actions? Are we going to have to give an account to God for even that? Should we teach and be aware of it in every area of our life? So this is why this is so important. I wrote down something on my little note here. Do you love the lovable or can you love the unlovable? It's easy to love the lovable. You know, the people that are sweet and kind and nice. Can you love them? What about the ones that are not so lovable? Do you struggle a little bit with those? You know, when we get right down to it, aren't there people that we like better than others? We like some people better than others. Can you like somebody and not love them? Can you love somebody and not like them? I'm not going to answer the question because I haven't got a clue. <laughs> I just like to ask questions. But you know what I was thinking of? I was thinking about old Tom back there. See, Tom, I can see Tom, but Tom can't see me. But did you know that that guy prays for me every day? He calls the church here. Is it every day? Whether I'm here or not here, he's been ordered to make sure he prays for me. Do you do that, Tom? Yes, sir. He prays for me all the time. You know what I like about Tom? He does what he can. He can pray, can't he? Now, we won't let him drive the bus. <laughs> he's blind as a bat. So we don't let Tom drive the bus. All right, but do you think Tom needs somebody to need him? Does Tom need somebody to need him? Yes. Does Tom need somebody else? Tom needs and we need. You know what, I have to admit this. I, um, I'm impressed that he gets here because he walked all the way. You, you didn't walk? No. How'd you get here? Well, Lloyd drives me and I use what's called Park Bus on Sunday. And then I come in and I learn what the seat is. Oh, I like saying that you walked here. <laughs> but we know that generally Louis picks him up. Now, you stop and think about this. Is that really, when you get right down to it, that takes time to do that, don't it? That means going out of your way to do that, doesn't it? That means that if Louis's not getting paid to do that, and he isn't, he must love Tom a little bit, huh? But he's showing it by what he's doing. Is that good or bad? So not only am I impressed with Tom, but I get impressed with Louis and what he's doing and the sacrifice made. You realize how that requires faithfulness and giving up your time that you could do something else and so forth? Now, I'm not saying that Tom's a bother. 
but he probably is. No. <laughs> Never mind, Tom, you can't hear either. <laughs> but, you know, but that is a sacrifice for somebody. But Tom needs somebody to help him at times, don't he? he? Somebody has to help him. You know, it's not the easiest thing in the way. That might not be an, a lovable act to do, but it's still a, an act of love. Does the Bible say anything about your work and labor of love? Is anywhere in the Bible that talks about God is not unrighteous to forget your work and labor of, of love? Because the things that we do is because we're supposed to love, supposed to care. And I remember when we didn't have a dime to pay Louis. Still don't. He's driving the bus before we ever gave him a nickel. You remember that? He'd drive the bus. And then he'd do it on Wednesday nights. And then when the kids want to go on Friday night. But see, there's areas that we do that are work and labor of love. Do you think, now think about this. After we get through on a Sunday night or a Wednesday night, when we say, amen, now, everybody gets in the car and, and heads out. But somebody has to stay here and lock up everything, turn off everything. Is that true? You know, I don't even know who does it. All I know is I come in the next morning and everything is off and everything's locked. It does it all by itself. We have a ghost that lives here. Who is doing this? Steve Pasternak. Steve Pasternak? Yes, sir. Steve, you're doing that? <laughs> Sometimes. <laughs> Who's doing it the other times? Anybody? But let me ask you, isn't that a labor of love? I am so glad that he's willing to do that. But some of the jobs that people do, it's not always a lovable job, but it's something that has to be done. You know what I think Tyler enjoyed today is telling the preacher what to do. You know what he did? I'm in there studying hard. And he opens my door and sticks his head in there and says, I'm on a vacuum in your office. Now get out of here. <laughs> well, he didn't put it quite like that, but that's the point that he made. But I'm so glad that he was, he's doing that job. You know, vacuuming is not a really high-tech job. It was what we would call a low-level job. But you know what he's doing? He's learning discipline. He's learning faithfulness. And by doing that, you'd be surprised what God may have for him down the road. When we get to heaven, he may be in charge of vacuuming. I mean, you think about all those horses in heaven. Somebody's got to clean those stables. So we're training people here. But not every job is the most lovable job in all the world. So I appreciate. Does everyone express love the same way? No. In my mind, when me and Betty got married, I really didn't know what the word meant. I thought I did. Make me happy. <laughs> but you learn a little bit more as time goes on. And uh, a couple times she said, you haven't told me you love me lately. I love you. <laughs> well, you just said that because I said that. 
Okay, so I'd try to surprise her, and I'd wait a minute. I love you. <laughs> no, that, don't, that won't work. So I know that I'm supposed to say, I love you. I said, look, I told you when I married you, and if it changes, I'll let you know. <laughs> you know, it's, it's good until I change. Is that acceptable? No. All of y'all know that that's not acceptable. They want to hear it every time you turn around. Now, every day, every day, this is no lie, every day when I get out of bed, get ready to leave the house, she's standing right there at the door. 6.15 in the morning when I get ready to leave, or 6.20, and she'd be right there all puckered up. I got to kiss her by. One day I had gone down the road, and she calls me on my phone. You forgot to kiss me by. Now, whenever I get ready to, she's going to get ready to leave here and go to the house, and I'll be there in 10 minutes, right behind her. I still got to kiss her bye. So, I don't mind. I got ready to leave the house one day, and I says, you didn't kiss me. She says, yes, I did. I says, no, you didn't. She said, yes, I did. I says, no, you didn't. I says, my lips would have remembered. <laughs> Look at the next statement. Why I need you. To fulfill God's plan for me, I need you. Because if I'm supposed to love one another, there has to be somebody to, to love. What if there is nobody? Well, then I can't do that. I'll always have a desire to have an object, but there's got to be an object to love. God says He is love. He has to have an object. He has to have somebody that He loves. So God wants us to love. That means we have to have an object. Did you know that if God wanted you to learn how to love, He's just liable to send the most unlovable person your way? And get on your nerve, drive you crazy up the wall. Somebody you can't stand. Why? Because it's easy to love somebody that's lovable. But the person that's unlovable, maybe nobody ever really showed them what love is all about. And you're going to do it. God has chosen you. To demonstrate how great God is. Isn't this wonderful? Don't you just love it? And so God is going to allow you on your job to have some of the most miserable people in the world work with you. And he can send along the most irritable, cantankerous old people to get on your nerves. Because God wants you to show them how much God loves them. You know, a lot of people just never been loved. They don't even know what it's like. And so you have to let God use you. So why you need me? Because you need someone like me to love you. Uh, look in chapter 2 and verse 15. You're right there. But look in verse 15. Study to show thyself approved unto God, a workman that needeth not to be ashamed, rightly dividing the word of truth. Somebody has to be the recipient of my love and my work. If we're supposed to be a skilled craftsman, that we might rightly divide the word of truth. Why? Because we're a workman. Then somebody has to be the object of my work. I must be able to work on somebody. I'm getting the tools from the word of God. I studied, got all these tools. Now I need somebody to work on. Somebody's broken and God wants to use me to fix them. 
I want to be the tool in God's hands and he can take my knowledge of the word of God and I can be used by God to help somebody that needs some fixing. Don't you believe that a lot of people need a little fixing? Maybe not a total overhaul, but, you know, they just need a little tune-up. Now, I know some of them, they need a whole new transmission. <laughs> but you learn from what the Word of God says. Simple little verses, but uh, they kind of give you the point that we're supposed to teach people so they can teach somebody else. So God has to teach us. And so sometimes God teaches us by the experiences that we have, the people that we have to deal with. Now, here's God up in heaven. How many children does God have? I don't know, but everyone that trusts the Lord, they're God's children, right? Do you think God could get upset or grieved a little bit because we don't love each other the way we should? Would you in any way, shape, or form ever try to say or do something that would really hurt somebody? Now, we can always try to be constructive, but destructive is not good. We should try to make sure that whoever we have to talk to or deal with, that they know we love them and we want the best for them. That's a good thing to do. Look at the last part of this down here. And let me just mention this to you because this is so true. I've used this story several times because it still burns inside of my mind. I went down there to see Lee Patton one time and I was going to speak. But I got down there a couple of days earlier, and he was going to take and go to this one church. They were having a, like a missions conference type deal. And it was a small church, and there wasn't a lot of people there. And so they was going to have Lee do a chalk talk. And then they had this other guy that was going to speak afterwards, and he wanted to know if I wanted to go with him, so I went. I was really, I was tired. I really didn't have a great desire to go, but I know that I love Lee. I, res I respect Lee. So I, I did it. So I'm sitting there, and Lee get up there, and he draws his picture, and I enjoyed it. He did a good job, and then he spoke, and then he got through, and so they sung a little bit, and then they introduced the next guy, and I'm waiting on this guy to show up, waiting, and all of a sudden, a guy in the back of the room come pushing this guy in in a wheelchair and pushes him right up there to the front and turned him around and put a microphone there and the thing. And he sat there in that wheelchair, and he began to talk. And anyway, he started talking, and he let us know very quickly that he had a problem. And his problem was that he'd been a missionary for about 20-some years in some country. He came back to the States and had a car wreck. His wife was killed, and he was paralyzed. He talked about how that he'd gotten so bitter toward God. After all these years of giving God the best years of his life, now that he's older and retired, to get home to the States and then have a car wreck, wife dead, him paralyzed. And somebody has to push him everywhere he goes. He was now totally dependent upon somebody else to help and take care of him. He said, I got bitter toward God. He said, I wasn't happy about the situation. He said that there were times and moments of despair and just not even wanting to live. And I sat there and I listened to him. I couldn't, you know, whenever you got like Lee sitting beside you and so I got there, and you get a tear in your eyes, you, go, you don't want anybody to see the tear because you're macho, you don't, you don't do that, you know. And you sit there watching you. And you try not to, and then you can't help it. 
because it breaks your heart and you think, I've been there. I've been there. I know how it feels sometimes to, you know, to go through some of these thoughts that you go through. You're just glad sometimes you never acted upon them, but you think it. And so he poured out his heart. And I don't know if there was a dry eye in the place. And he says, I sat there and I began to talk to the Lord. He says, and I kept saying, Lord, why me? Why me? Why did you have to do this? Why did you let this happen to me? He thought, after all these years of my dedication, my service, and then look what happened. And he said, I just don't understand. Why me? Why me? He said, if you could have had somebody, needed somebody to do this, then why didn't you get somebody else? Why me? And then he kept thinking, why not me? If God needed somebody like me, why not use me? And if God needed me in a wheelchair to lose my wife, it was so easy to show how much I loved the Lord when I was healthy, serving God, and everything's wonderful. He says, now it was very difficult. But do you think that God still wanted him to manifest the love of God, even from a wheelchair? Even if God takes his wife? He says, when I started thinking about why couldn't God use me? If God needed somebody to do this, should I have not volunteered? What if God called you today and says, I need somebody to do this and uh, whatever it might be. And it's not a likable thing, a lovable thing, but it's what God needed. Could you say, Lord, here am I. You can use me. And you don't have a clue what it might be. But I believe it's important. Look down at the last line here. I want to just give this to you real quick. Number one, because you need someone like me to love you. Why you need me? Why not me? Why not me? Because you need someone like me to train you. Why not me? Maybe God has some lessons for you to learn because he wants and he needs you because there's some people that are going to need that lesson down the road. And I need to prepare you because you need someone like me to whatever it might be. Are you open to it? Is God free to use you any way he wants? Any way he wants. And then how are you going to respond? How are you going to react to it? Are you going to say, like Lot's wife says, why don't you just, I should say Job's wife, curse God and die. And that's why a lot of people, they lose hope because they can't see a purpose in so many unlovable situations. Or you've got people that are sometimes so unlovable. If there's anything everybody needs to know, you really care about them. And you love them. Will you meet God's needs? We often want God to meet my need. God, meet my need. Did you ever think about meeting God's need? Why am I here in this world? Because God needs me at this time. That's why I'm still alive. Remember I used to say, if you've got a pulse, you've got a purpose. Got a pulse, you've got a purpose. And so if you were to check it right now, you'd probably find you've got a pulse. That means you've got a purpose. And God needs you. Now, serving the Lord is finding out what is it that God wants to do with my life. And is he free to do it? Without any complaints from you 
or me. Anyway, I covered this, and I thought that it would be good to look at it one more time. Look up here just for a moment. And in case somebody's watching by internet, I will say this. I believe we've had two that trust the Lord from YouTube in the last couple of weeks. No, last couple of days. One from Quebec. I think one from Kentucky, and then somebody from some other place. I can't remember where. Indiana, I think it was. But I just think that is so neat for people to trust Christ as Savior because of messages that uh, Jesse's been putting up on the thing. And I trust him how he does it, and he, he does a pretty good job and has some nice faces up there. Of uh, One of them, he had me as a wolf looking like a sheep. No, he, that wasn't me, but it's like beautiful. I just look great. I think it's awesome. But this hand represents you and me. The wall represents sin. We all have sin on us. Now, God says that he loves us. He hates our sin. But the Bible says that the payment for sin is eternal separation from God. And since everybody sins, everybody's condemned. We are in debt to God. The Bible says to go to heaven, we have to be perfect. Problem is, we're not. And we can't save ourselves. So therefore, we need a Savior. This hand represents Jesus Christ. He's the Lord, God in the flesh. He came into the world because, well, he loves us. He hates our sin. So our sin separates us from the Lord. So what God did was to show us how much he loved us. And we have an impossible situation. There's nothing we can do about it. There is no hope. Impossible. But with God, all things are possible. So God demonstrated his love for us by sending his son into the world to take the sins of the world, pay for them on the cross, and come back from the dead. And God said that if we'll believe that he did it for us, he would put the payment he made to our account, and we get to go to heaven on what Jesus Christ did for us. Best news in all the world. Let's pray, shall we? With head bowed and eyes closed, no one looking around. If you've never trusted Christ as your Savior, would you trust him right now? Just talk to the Lord. Say, Lord, I know I'm a sinner, and I believe Christ died, paid for my sin, that I'm going to trust him as my only hope of going to heaven. Friend, God said if you'd trust him, he'd save you. And you can know that you have eternal life. If you're watching by internet, right there on the screen, you, you can say, yes, I'll trust Christ as my Savior. We'd love to hear from you. It just lets us know that somebody trusted Christ as Savior. And we want to rejoice with you. We believe they're rejoicing in heaven, and we want there to be rejoicing on earth. Father, we ask your blessings upon all the things that we've said and done tonight. Bless each one of us and help us to always remember to love each other to love you and doing so we can find the strength and the grace that we need to love even the unlovable. And we know that you'll sometimes give us unlovable situations. We don't like being in them. We don't like some of the things that happens to us. We don't like the way sometimes people treat us. But Father, we do pray for wisdom. Help us to manifest your wonderful love and show them your unspeakable gift. In Christ's name we pray. Amen.